The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. This week's episode of PSVG Prime is brought to you by those wonderful, amazing, and to be quite honest, beautiful Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash PSVG. Thank you to everybody who supports us, but especially Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Chris M., Paul Calico, Kyle Heyman, and Coach Hulk. Each month, if you're not familiar, you get exclusive episodes of PSVG DLC, Arcadia Academia, and Kevin Hates Everything, as well as the new Board With Everything, access to our exclusive patron chat room in the Discord, aka the Battle Pass, and of course, our undying love and eternal gratitude. So, to get in on all the action help support us, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG. But now, let's get on to what you're really here for. That's some Lucas Rose. So on to this week's episode of PSVG Prime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of PSVG Prime, the flagship show of the PSVG Podcast Network. It is I, your host, Kevin, and with me, as always, I didn't prepare any any little joke here, Lucas, so Lucas is here. You prepare those? I thought you just were coming up with them right Actually, there on the spot. Sometimes I do, and I don't know, I just, I can't today. Actually, wait, wait no, you're. we talked about this off the air. You're the jelly to my bread. It's true. Or my peanut butter. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It was it was a weird well, yeah, innuendo. Yeah. Maybe maybe like wheat toast with the little Smucker's table jams, the individual servings. That's true. Or you could be the water chestnut to my stir fry. We could do that. Well, according to you, water chestnuts deserve to be in the trash. That's true. So I don't I don't want to say that. Are you calling me trash? No, no, no. I'm trash. <laughs> I hope you've seen Toy Story 4. If not, that's really bad. Yeah, I just call yeah. you trash. Uh, with us is the bacon to our peanut butter sandwiches, he said before we started, mm. making his triumphant return to the airwaves, not once, but twice this week, everyone, because if you're a Patreon supporter, he did Arcadia Academia, Mr. Seth Roy. Howdy. How's it going? You know, uh, Lucas, I was looking at your hat, <clears throat> has an L, he has an L on his hat, mm-hmm. and uh, and it just made me think of Smash Mouth. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if you got oh, the shape of it. Oh, on my forehead. Yeah, yeah. You look a little like that guy too. Oh, gosh, oh. crushing me. Oh my God, you're not wrong, Seth. I know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that now. Wow. Although his his eyeglasses would have to be the same exact lenses, but yellow tinted, like they did in the '90s for like sunglasses with the yellow sunglasses for some reason. Yeah. I'm and pretty it, sure. And, uh, I'm pretty sure you can uh, Google that picture of him and find it. Uh, he also needs to shave his beard and, and just leave that little, I don't know what that thing Chin is strap? called underneath your lip. <laughs> oh, the soul to, patch. Yeah, the soul patch. The yeah. fluff. Yeah, yeah. He just <laughs> I, I, soul do, patch. I need to? Do I need to? I think that. I think I you might have, need to. I used to just have a chin strap, but I've never, I can't even really grow a goatee. Nobody. I know, I mean, me neither. It's, it's weak, just like my mustache. Maybe you should do it for the house party. <laughs> Show up and just start singing Smash Mouth songs. Yep. No, that that'll be that'll be a stream at some point. You'll shave and make yourself look like the guy from Smash Mouth, who nobody knows his real name, and then sing All Star. Okay, and drink banana milk. 
<laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> Talk about what this. We, what we should do for the house party is is dig up an old copy of Rock Band. Oh, lore, lore. Yes. If anybody's got one of those lying around, I think I have some drums in my uh, attic. I have nothing Unless anymore. We, actually, I've just been told that the drums are no longer in the attic, which is probably good. They're they're probably at Goodwill or in the trash. Oh. So, I don't know. That's from drums like, are always the funnest to play. Yeah, yeah, they ago. were. So, yeah. The the guitar gimmick got old, like and not old. I mean, it was still probably the best, the most solid mechanic in it, but the 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 gimmick of it like went away quick because you're like, oh well, you play the guitar in all these games. So once they had like the drum set, you're like, yeah, let's do this or like DJ Hero. You actually had the turntables. Everyone's like, oh, this is great. Those games were not good. The guitar ones were just the best one, let's be honest. But they weren't the most fun to play. Well, bass had it even worse because bass is so easy to play that it's you just slap it, right? songs. You just slap, you, you slap, bass. It a, slap it a bass. Let's slap it a bass. Well, we're here not to talk about Smash Mouth and Banana Milk. Let's Actually, let's be honest. We probably are here more to talk about Smash Mouth and Banana Milk because this is PSVG Prime, and that's what we do. But... Let's talk about some video games, guys. We got a long list here. There's three of us, so we're not used to that. So let's talk about some games. Lucas? Yeah. Why don't you go first? As always. As as is my rights and whatnot. Uh, as the jelly. As the jelly. Everyone wants the jelly first. Let's just let's just put that out there. Uh, so I only have one game, and it's a game that I was laser focused on hmm. because I have been trying to beat this game on and off for quite some time not because it's difficult not for any other real reason other than i'm just very bad at beating games usually uh that game is psychonauts uh, i think it came out in like 2008 Oof. or 2009 something like that might be even older i don't know could be 2006 usually pretty good about remembering these things but I don't remember. Uh, not for sure, anyway. So, yeah, th- I don't know. They'd always 2005. Just... Oh. April 19, 2005. Yikes. <sighs> Yikes. Well, it looks pretty good for a, what, 15-year-old 15-year-old game? game? Yeah. It was just yeah. remastered, wasn't it? Or maybe, I guess, you're on PC, so. It was based, I, not remastered. They kind of enabled widescreen uh, resolutions and stuff, because originally it was four by three so they kind of opened it up and uh but the textures still look pretty gross it it, (laughs) it's okay because with the new resolution it is clear and since it's not realistic looking it's very exaggerated cartoony i liken it to 90s nickelodeon cartoons Mm. um it it still aged well but the textures look awful especially the uh a lot of people wear sweaters with those lines down them like the ribbed sweater type thing cable and you can knit. just yeah cable knit and it it just you can see the pixels and it just i mean today's for today's standards it would be a little off but uh yeah so i actually ended up beating this probably in about three or four days uh, wow. i started it and i said you know i'm just gonna keep playing it until i'm done and and that's what i did and i'm glad that i did because it's actually a pretty solid game. There are some things that I was very frustrated with towards the end of the game. There's this platforming section where you have to climb a tower and it's like this broken, twisted old tower. And I, I kept falling off from things because the platforming sections, it wasn't just an obvious uh, here's, here's a a piece of ground to jump to or Mm. whatever. Sometimes you had to uh, cross by rope. Other times there were just the edges of broken walls. 
you know, that type of thing. So it wasn't very obvious where you were supposed to be jumping to. And I kept falling over and over Mm. and over. I probably fell at least 20 or 30 times. And that wouldn't be bad by itself necessarily. But there was a new enemy type that were these little mice and they would kamikaze right towards you and they would explode. (laughs) And it wasn't bad enough that they exploded. It was also they would explode with confusion gas, which would reverse your controls. So when they come at you en masse and there's like five or six of them. They would one would explode on you and then you would try to get away from the rest of them and back up so you could hit them or shoot them. But because your controls are all backwards and everything and the screen was all blurry, it was really difficult to run away. And so I would end up dying because all of these little mice kept blowing up on me. It was awful. So combine that with falling constantly and and, in that little section, it was just a a real uh, practice in patience. Because so it sounds like you're really happy you went back to revisit that game. <laughs> well, ironically, it was one of the par- it was like right after where I stopped, like the farthest I've ever gotten. It was right after that. So it's weird that I never ended up uh, getting to that portion because I thought the other part was bad, but I did get through that. And uh, there was another part that I can't uh, remember. I think it was like a boss fight or something. But uh, other than that, though, just it's a really unique game. Uh, the type of game you don't really see much anymore. Yeah. I mean, this I'm surprised they're making a second one, and that's kind of why I decided maybe I should go back and beat this game. But I really, really like it, and I like the idea of it, and it, and it does have a lot of attention to detail. Uh, a lot of the NPCs you can talk to and have different conversations with. And for a platforming game, that's pretty, uh, I guess, amazing, because most of the time you, you know, they say their spiel and then off you go, and yeah. – that's that, but you can learn about some of the characters and there's some backstory. Uh, you know, there's that psychonauts camp and then there's the whole becoming a psychonaut agent. So it actually sets itself up pretty well to be, to have a, a second of uh, uh, sequel afterwards. So I'll be interested to see uh, what the second game is like, because yeah. I think a lot of it for me was that camp setting that kind of made it, feel like a cartoon or something like that so if it goes more into the agent psychonaut setting where you're kind of like a james bond but with psi powers instead yeah. of uh instead of technology it'll be interesting to see if that works are they are they um is there a vr psychonauts game <clears throat> yes yeah i seem to remember one coming out or or i don't yeah. know if it's the the original game just in vr or what uh, I don't know. I think it's a, a different experience and I remember seeing it, but I, I haven't looked up much about it. Uh, but yeah, there was one released and I don't know what the, if it's just a third person adventure game or if it's first person or it's psychonauts in the rhombus of ruin. And it came to yeah. PS uh, PSVR and PC uh, back in 2017. Hmm. Okay. So two years, it's ago. a first person puzzle focused game, similar to a point and click adventure. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Maybe that's why. I mean, that could be cool, but I don't know. (laughs) That looks like it came to Windows in 2018, but it was on PSVR in 2017. So it was exclusive for like a year and they came over. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'd after this, maybe I should check that out because, you know, the world is pretty cool and surprised it's not a cartoon or a comic book or something. Maybe it was. I don't know. I'm 15 years old. It probably came and went (laughs) by this point. So, yeah. I really I do recommend it, though, especially on PC where you can almost get that remaster experience. Uh, 
you know, it, it controls pretty well. The powers are really interesting and they're used to to good extent. And uh, I don't know. It's funny, too. I, I have yeah, time with it. it. It's got a lot of charm and a lot of a uh, lot of uh, interesting characters. So, yeah, if you really want to go back and play a 15 year old game, remember when playing a 15 year old game meant Mega Man? Yep. Now, it's, now it's 3D games that are actually worth playing still. I still feel like half the time I, I do think all the old games came out like 15 years ago. I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wait, that was like 25 years ago. What? Like, it doesn't right? make sense. And right. I keep forgetting that Psychonauts 2 is even coming out. So like when you said Psychonauts and I was like, huh, I wonder why you're playing that. I was like, oh wait, that's right. And I was like, I keep forgetting the game's coming out. It's yeah. They, they release updates every once in a while, but yeah. it hasn't been on my radar because my general mode of operation is to just ignore the progress of a game until it comes out so that I'm not sitting here going, Oh, when is this thing coming out? You I know? mean, the good news is it should be, it'll be on game pass at launch. So cause <laughs> really Microsoft owns them now, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. So it's going to be on yeah. there. Um, yes. Hopefully it just releases on PC for you at the same time as it does on console and you'll be fine. Maybe by that point, the PC will be out of the beta uh, thing and then they'll actually have it working better. Although I don't know what, what, beta versus actual release is going to look like besides maybe stability or something i mean to to be honest fortnite still says it's in beta so i mean come <laughs> on like at this point like really it's yeah it's, it's the bad. early access of uh of programs now yeah. so yeah. but yeah psychonauts great game cool cool seth what do you got in your your long list here yeah i'm gonna speed through a few things it um <clears throat> i don't know the last time i was on any show uh probably since at least before october uh, but anyway, so today, wow, that's a long time. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> lot of, lot of pent up energy. Yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff has been happening. Uh, and you're going to talk about all the oh, games you've played since last October, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so today, uh, with board games, a shout out to the board gaming podcast in the, in the network. I played a board game today. I played high ho Cherio. Yes. So that that's a the Dungeons and Dragons spinoff, right? Oh yeah. Yep, yep. Tabletop yep, role playing exactly. game. No. I do um I have have lunch with a uh with a kid. He's I don't know if he's nine or ten. Um every week go and, and do like lunch buddies and we I don't know why we played Hi Ho Cherio. We were playing checkers and I crushed him at checkers. So then we switched to Hi Hi Ho Cherio. So uh <clears throat> anyway, so that um, did want to touch on, I'm not really playing them, but um, we have Mario and Sonic at the Olympics on Switch. Okay. Yeah. And um, my kids really, and I actually, I like playing it with, with the kids. Um, that's a really fun game. There's It's not like super deep. I wish um, the story mode is really lame and there's no reason to play it. Of course. Oh, I wish okay. the story mode was better. Or I wish you could just create your own olympic event like okay i'm playing with my kids i wish we could choose 10 olympic events and it would just let us play through the olympics and then oh the yeah it, they you used... get your, your total number of medals this is just event by event oh um, and you don't you can't pick order or anything no no you just oh. you, you just do one have, event at a time and that's oh, it. yeah after your events oh, gotcha. over you could just replay the same thing or you could choose um different characters or you can switch events that's surprising that's yeah. very surprising that you can't hmm. do that Just... um but it's still i mean it's fun um and i really like the old you know it it has a throwback to like the 1964 tokyo um olympics and it's yeah. like side scrolling 8-bit 
16-bit, whatever. I remember that. Um, They didn't add Dr. Robotnik's nipples in, though, right, in the pool? I don't believe so. That was a big story. He's like, he had no nipples, and it was very confusing for people. I don't think Wario did either. I think if you're evil, you just don't have nipples. That's why they're so angry. And then... I'm not uh, evil. <laughs> the other the other switch game again i i haven't been playing this one at all but mario odyssey um my yeah. both girls have been playing it together um but the the 10 year old she started playing it around um oh what's that holiday that's in november that you eat thanksgiving. a lot thanksgiving yeah <laughs> she started playing it around thanksgiving restarted it and um beat it and then now she has 450 moons. Oh my god! Uh, wow. And so, and she's so she's got 50 more to go before she hits 500. I never. I mean, I got to I think 250 and went to the dark side of the moon and did that, and then I stopped. Yep. Same. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so she's really enjoying it, and it's, and it's fun to see her, you know, really get enveloped in. in that. E- yeah. Although we got Pokemon for Christmas, and that has not been touched. Ooh, ooh! For in, kind of in favor of a two-year-old Mario Odyssey game, so huh. um, power of Mario. Yeah, so wanted to shout those two games out. Um, game I'm going to start playing soon because it was on sale. Divinity Two. Yeah. Um, I'm really I, I've been reading some fantasy books, the Patrick Rothfuss books, and so I've just been in the mood for an RPG, a fantasy setting, um, and that's. I didn't feel like playing Dragon Age for some reason, even though I already have it. But uh, I don't know. I wanted to get into Divinity. Looking forward to that. I tried getting into Torchlight 2 um, on Switch, and it's okay, but it's not. Torchlight 2, I think, is too much like Diablo. Yeah. But it's not as good as Diablo. Uh. Where I think Divinity, the battle system is more turn-based. It still looks kind of like Diablo, but it's not. I, I don't know. I haven't played it yet but i think it's a little more turn-based it's a little bit different from diablo um finally did boot up destiny 2 for the first time and since apex came out um, a couple weeks ago and uh we started going to we went to the moon and started doing that storyline it's a pretty cool storyline um the only thing is the week after we started playing it the apex legends grand soiree event came out so we're not playing destiny 2 anymore (laughs) oh we'll get get to that in a minute um goat simulator uh is one of the free games on ps plus this month um i played it for 15 minutes maybe and um it's fine like it's it's a game i i played it as my kids came down and, and my wife came down in the morning um and just ran around and you know you lick cars and pull cars along with you and blow things up and jump on a trampoline and go down a water slide and run over people with your goat. And I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't run out and pay any money for it. Right. But, uh, but it was free. I think, I think you can get it for free on like tablets and stuff or a version of it, you know? Okay. It's yeah. It's one of those games where, I saw some streamers playing it when it first came out and, you know, it was a big uh, YouTube streamer thing. Yeah. And uh, those games where you have to make your own fun. I know yeah. there's some stuff going on, like there's objectives, but where you have to kind of make your own fun. I struggle with those, especially with games like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this I could see it could be fun if you were a streamer and you had interaction with your audience mm-hmm. or 
if you played it at like a summer house party um yeah with a lot of people Uh, yeah so other other things i've been um dipping my toe in um modern mania wrestling is in beta right now on um ios and android um it's the sequel to a game called 80s mania wrestling and it's you collect cards and the 80s one um all of the wrestlers or most of them are based on either wrestling or pop culture references from the 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. so like there's somebody who has like a jason mask and then there's a stone cold um analog and a rock and a hulk hogan and you know all these different wrestlers with different names but you know you can tell who they are um and they have different ratings and you try and match them up and try and figure out who's um who are rivals who would make a good match with each other and you it's like fantasy booking well they just um came out with a modern mania one that has um you know some more modern you know 2000s 2010s references yeah um i've been playing that and um i don't know it's it's a free free to play mobile game that if you like wrestling and history of wrestling that is worth checking out it's fun to to mess around with i also got into the mob the show 2020 beta um which is going let's see by the time this airs it'll be about over but this past week um all it is is the Diamond Dynasty mode, which is the card collecting mode. Um, and so I got on and played, uh, they call it Battle Royale. You get in and you choose, <clears throat> you have, um, I think, like 18 draft picks. And you choose position players and position uh, pitchers. Um, and then you go against somebody else who, else who does the same thing um, from a limited talent pool. So you, like, you right. get a couple really good players a bunch of a couple good players, a lot of average players, and a few stinky players. Um, so I was playing that. I mean, they're just testing the network and things like that. Yeah, it's more MLB the Show. Um, if you like the game, it looks like you're going to like this year's game. I mean, that's you know what you're getting. And then the other thing I've really been playing a lot of is F1 2019. Um, I know Lucas, you play racing games. Yes. Occasionally. Yeah. Um, have you dipped into the F1 games at all? No, but it's on Game Pass for PC, and I have considered because I've heard it's a really good racing experience. It is. Um, the F1 game, you know, I've really um, – so it, the uh, on Patreon, our Arcadia Academia is about Mario Andretti Racing. Um, yeah. The, the most recent – whichever one, I don't know. Is it out now? I don't know if it's out yet or whatever, but people can listen to it either now or very shortly. <laughs> um, yes. It should be out by the time you hear this, if you're yeah. a Patreon supporter. Yeah. So it's about Mar- uh, Mario Andretti racing, which is really like the first racing game that I played. Um, and then I really didn't play that many up until about F1 2016. And then the last three years I played a lot of them. Um, and F- in terms of just the feeling of driving a car, whether I'm using a game pad or my wheel, F1 feels just feels the best. Um, Gran Turismo also, um, but I mean, I think F1 um, feels good. And then today, like I was playing a, a race tonight, and the thing I like about it, I I play 25% long races, so the the they tend to be anywhere from 14 laps up to 18 laps, okay. depending, depending on the track. So, <clears throat> and my car isn't 
it's like a middle of the road car. I'm driving McLaren for anybody who's at all knowledgeable of, of F1. They had a decent year this year. Um, but so it's a middle of the row, not, not front running. So, um, I was, I qualified in fifth place and then during the race, I dropped back to sixth. And then by the end of the race, I had gotten up to fourth place and it was, you know, there wasn't a lot of passing or anything, but the whole time I, I spent like six laps in fifth place and every lap I was getting about three tenths a lap closer to the car in front of me. Like, that's just the... I, I don't know. That's the kind of that's what I like about F1 that it's it's about these little differences in time between lap from lap to lap and it's about getting on the right tire strategy and and things like that. So and this game really replicates it pretty well. Um, um I have a question. How yeah. how knowledgeable do you need to be with Formula 1 racing to play the game? Not at all. Um I, I, it's really something that helped me learn about Formula One racing when I mm. got into F1 2016. Um, it's because I was interested in F1 in general, and this got me um, into knowing who the teams were, who the drivers were, what some of the rules were, and depending. And you can do a lot of different settings. So I play the 25% long races, and there's a pit stop in the middle. And there's different tire compounds. And so, the, I mean, the game is very good about it can hold your hand as much as you want it to and say, okay, you need to pit on this lap and go onto this tire compound. Oh, and, okay. and then you can play around with it and be like, well, what if I pitted a lap later? And it would say, well, this would slow down your race by a total of two seconds or whatever. Oh. That's assuming that you don't um, drive over a curb and spin out and crash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's another and, two seconds. <clears throat> yeah and um there's also uh there's a lot of, a lot of control that you can have so you can you can either have an almost totally automated experience and just drive the car in automatic transmission not worry about your fuel modes your mm -hmm. energy output things like that or you mm -hmm. can go the other way and throughout throughout every lap you could be changing your fuel mode your energy recovery system you can open up your drag reduction system and, and you can have control over all of this stuff or you can okay. have control over whichever pieces you want so so i play mostly i just play on my gamepad because that's the easiest way you know to, rather than dragging out my my wheel and right. i mean i play i just do automated automatic transmission and i I mess around with my fuel modes, but I don't mess around with the energy recovery system. Um, just because there's two on a on a gamepad, there there just aren't enough buttons. Mm. If you've ever, you should look at a picture of a Formula One racing wheel, a, a an actual Formula One steering wheel, and see how many buttons there are on those things. <laughs> and then you imagine, you know, there oh, on, yeah. on an F1 wheel, there's 24 buttons. Oh my god! And and knobs and all these things that they're flying yeah, around tracks at 200 miles an hour and adjusting things on the fly. Um, so you can do all really of that. The road. <laughs> yeah, you can you can do all of that in the game. Um, uh, you know, for the most. But part. I can see why he wouldn't. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of control. So, it's like a Nintendo Switch with more buttons. Yeah. Like <laughs> a little screen in the middle and everything. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't go. I mean, I figure I'm not trying to be an eSport driver. I'm not trying to, you know, I just want to have fun and have a somewhat 
simulation racing experience. Yeah, that's um, good to know because that scared me a little bit. I was like, I don't want to have to deal with the uh, the, diff- the difficulty is pretty modular. So it goes from zero all the way up to one ten. Um, oh, wow. And they say like, uh, and it'll depending on where you are. Like I started out at forty, and that said normal. Um, and then that was too easy. So now I'm up at a 75 and it says I'm on hard. Um, but mm-hmm. if you go and if you watch a YouTuber, um, there's a guy, Tiamat Marduk, um, who's Australian and he plays on one to, you know, the, the hardest difficulty. Um, Oof. and I, I'm just not, I don't want to do that. That wouldn't be fun for me. Right. Um, yeah. so I play at 75, which is enough to give me, so I'm in my McLaren, I'm qualifying fifth. That's probably that's a little better than McLaren really did, but um, but that's all right. The other thing I like about the game in general, I do the season mode, and you throughout the season you do practices, qualifying, and races, and you earn points, and then you put those points in your different areas. If you want to increase your engine speed, your um, uh, your aerodynamics, your chassis, um, improve each of those areas. It's just a giant. RPG system, um, mm. essentially. Um, so I've been doing that as I've gone along as well. Um, so my my McLaren is better than what I started with. Um, That's kind of cool. Little progression system. Yeah. So so the only <clears throat> there's only one track that I'm completely awful at, and it well Singapore I'm not very good at, but um, Monaco. Uh, I don't know if you follow F1 at all. Not really. Racing. But Monaco, Monaco, what? Is it Spain? Spain. No, Monaco is its own little country. Oh my gosh! Right Showing my ignorance right now. It's uh, right by France. It's I, I don't really understand it. It's like its own little city-state kind of thing, right on the coast. Um, have you ever seen Iron Man two? Yes, that's actually what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, I thought it was so, Morocco. He was no Morocco is different. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Spain. They're in, they're in, Mon- <laughs> <laughs> in Monaco. For the um, vintage Monaco Grand Prix, which is a real race, also, mm-hmm. uh, but Monaco it's a it's a street circuit in the in the middle of the city, and it is just a, there's a lot of lot of tight turns, yeah. and you're going between walls, and I just I can't finish a race. In yeah, those street ones look tough um, in real life, even. So so that's the only one that I I can't do, and like it's at the point. I mean, it's been you know four years now that I've been trying to get good at it and I can't. So I'm, I'm to the point where I'm just going to take a DNF on those races and <laughs> try and win the other one. So anyway, so F1 2019, it's great. It, it, it is on game pass. It's on PlayStation now. Um, you know, it's easy to get. So, and then the other game that I've been playing for the past year now, it's going <laughs> on a year is apex legends. So, and uh, still haven't beat it. <laughs> no still have still haven't beat it um i uh was playing the grand soiree event did the they had duos with um gold weapons which yep. was pretty fun and then uh the next one um which is going on while we're recording this is if you die and your teammate's still alive you'll respawn in the next ring with them which is yep. which i imagine will drag out the matches or could make the last ring pretty bonkers really yeah, it, uh, 
so I I'm playing that now too. I jumped into well, I jumped in the other day, so I got in the Gold Rush duels like the last day it was available. Mm-hmm. Um, but did jump in Live Die Live today, which is the the one where they respawn. It's weird. So the ring seems to, and maybe it's just me. It seems to close slower in this mode too. So it's huh. not like it, it it doesn't give you as many opportunities to revive or respawn. Um, but the the thing you have to remember is rarely in apex do you get the opportunity where your teammates have died and you still live like right. a lot of the times if you're together your whole squad's going down unless you got that one person that might squeak it out so um i haven't experienced it too well yet it's either like i make it to the end and we all die or we died early on because everyone was like together kind of deal right um, or you got like ambushed and everyone went down or whatnot um there was one where my my teammates went down so what I, my strategy changed at that point was like, well, I'm just going to try and get away and hide into like the next ring. But the the squad that was following me got me, wiped me out. But yeah. it's definitely a unique thing that Apex is doing here with the Grand Soiree. So if you're not familiar with what's going on, is they're doing it's a two week event where every two days they're putting out a different limited time mode, which is cool for somebody who's been saying like Apex, you really need different modes, you know, for a while. And they keep doing these, you know, little events here and there where they'll do something. They're really just throwing now like six at us. Um, so the next one is going to be a third person mode, which is, gives it kind of the feel or look of like a PUBG or a Fortnite where you see your character. Um, that's the next one coming up. There's ones where the ring is just going to continuously close. Uh, so you don't get that two minute period in between or one minute period in between. It's just going to be, you land on the map. Here comes the ring. It's closing. Let's go. That one's going to be nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different modes with different weapons, nighttime. And the, the one I'm kind of most interested in is one that's called Dummies Big Day, which appears to have NPCs. Or just um, enemies of crash test dummies running after you. So it looks like you'll have to not only worry about other people, but those coming after you, it oh, seems. I I miss I misunderstood what that one was. I thought that one was everybody is a test dummy. Oh, maybe. But then how do you have your special abilities? Or maybe you don't know what their special ability is? Maybe you have yours and you, you can't tell. Ooh, I, maybe. I don't know. I could be. I don't know either. I mean, they just showed the video. It could be either way because we've had ones where, where it's been like PVE where you have the enemies like the Halloween event um, where you have like the spiders that would right. jump out of the boxes and stuff like that. So they have dabbled in it. But yeah, it's it's cool to see the event they're doing and I just hope I have enough time and can jump in to try at least most of these modes. I'm not really – I don't really care about the one with the shotguns and snipers. I don't really – I don't like that mode. But the nighttime mode is fun. Uh, the test the, – the crash test that I want to see in the third person, I definitely want to check out and see how that plays. See if I'm any better. Oh, okay. I think your um, your assessment of Dummy's Big Day uh, is the AI enemy. I th- that looks like that's what uh, that looks like. That's it might what be. it is. Okay, we shall see. Either way, we'll find out and we'll report back yeah. to you. But oh, yeah. yeah, I'm still having fun with Apex too. I jump back in and I'm on and off. I flip between that and Fortnite as my second game. Like I'm playing whatever else, and then I'll dabble into those as like a palate cleanser. Yep. Um, but th- it was enough to get me to boot up Apex and not look at Fortnite for a couple of days. So it's doing its job, I guess. Um. All right, so moving on to what I have besides Apex, um, this section we're going to call Kevin has to eat his words. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to start number one with a control. What would the sound effect for that be? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> become an ASMR video. Oh. Nathan loves that. Nathan loves when you whisper, too. It's his favorite oh, things. Everybody loves whispers. It's great. Um, 
we'll start with control. So last week I had said some remarks about control that I think some people have blown out of proportion a little bit. Uh, I don't think Lucas and I were trashing control. I think we both kind of had, uh, well, Lucas hasn't played it, but he said the same thing. Like he's not sure the hype will be able to live up to the expectations once he starts to play it. And I had said, well, I think it's a good game. It for me is not game of the year. And I think in a more competitive gaming year, it may not have been in the upper echelon for a lot of people, but whatever it was. Um, I was then, it was brought to my attention, and I will remain <laughs> spoiler-free on here, that uh, a certain thing that happened in the game actually tricked me, and I thought I was done with the game, and I, in fact, was not done with the game. So I went back and had to recomplete not half the game, but probably a third of the game, because um, when the event happened that tricked me, I just powered off my console because I was so pissed off about it, and it didn't save my progress. So I lost everything I'd done in that last game session, which was like three or four hours worth of stuff. Mm. So I had to replay a few chapters to wrap it up. Um, the ending did help me appreciate control a little bit more, and I'm excited to check out the DLC when it drops. Now, I'm not backtracking and say this game is now my game of the year. I will just say the ending had a better, left a better taste in my mouth than I did before. Um, so I still enjoyed it, but for me, I still don't think it would be my game of the year, but it definitely is a good game. The second one hurts a little bit more to talk nicely about. Um, because I talked uh, junk about this game for many, many a year, and that is Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp, Fe, Encore, as it's known on the Switch. <laughs> so this is the game that's basically Persona Light, smashed up with Fire Emblem characters, but interjected in Japan with lots of J-pop and fashion. That's right. That's what I said, guys, and now you know why I made fun of it for many years. Uh, <laughs> I did review this game for GamesReviews.com, and uh, I will say, I actually enjoyed it. I, I gave it, I believe, a 9 out of 10 is what I settled Wow, on. that's more than enjoying. That's like... Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> the closest thing we're going to get to Persona, I think, at least for a while on the Switch. Um, but this is definitely, if you're into JRPGs, now that's the big thing I want to I preface here. I'm not saying it's a 9 out of 10, everyone should pick it up. Like a 9 out of 10 in a Mario game is like, hey, this game is probably accessible for all people. Tokyo Mirage Sessions is not, but I did not hold that against them as far as a score. I'm looking at the game just as in its own genre. It's a 9 out of 10 in JRPG genre. If you don't like JRPGs, don't bother with this. If if you can't get past um, Japanese stereotypes, don't get it. Like the voiceover is super like anime, you know, schoolgirls giggling, so on and so forth. Um, There's lots of J-pop music in it. That's kind of the point of it. Um, Sounds like I'd hate it. <laughs> yeah, it it those are probably the only deterrents for me. Uh, and the mazes, so like every dungeon in, in this is is a maze, and there's always like a gimmick to how you get around. I found myself getting lost a lot because I number one, I probably wasn't paying enough attention. But the environments there are kind of dull after a while, so you get a little bit bored of that. But the actual mechanics of gameplay, so it's a turn-based combat game um, where the fire emblem characters come into play. Is that basically these kids uh, in the real world are kind of I don't want to say possessed, but they use these spirits of Fire Emblem characters to gain powers and fight these demons that are invading their world. So you say they use the personas of Fire Emblem characters? Exactly. And the only thing I could think of as I was playing this, I'm like, man, it sounds like uh, Astral Chain would be really good if it worked like this instead of having like an android literally attached to your wrist and fighting with them. Um, Like they basically, it's like a Power Ranger is kind of think of how I refer to it in their views. Like, so you have the human. And you have the dinosaur, and you put them together, and they make the superhero. That's exactly what happens in this game. So you have the Fire Emblem character, you have this normal kid, you put them together, and they 
physically change it to one being uh, and have the combat. Now the the combat is super stylized. So there's a lot of cool uh, cinema cinema graphics uh, with special moves and so on and so forth. They're like way over the top that are really cool. Um, so overall, I mean, it's just it's a well done game that I really it caught me off guard because I just kind of crapped all over this game for like the longest time. But if you are into Japanese culture and those things don't bother you, bother you if you're an anime fan. I mean, the cutscenes are beautifully done. Uh, graphically, it's one of the best games, I think, visually on the Switch. Uh, both docked and undocked. I had zero performance issues, no slowing down, no lag, no jaggies, none of that stuff. It looked great, both modes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you're a JRPG fan looking for something a little more in the traditional turn-based combat style, then I would recommend this game for you. If you're not a JRPG fan or you're not into that whole thing, just you know, it's fine. Stay away from it. But I will say I was wrong. It is a well-done game and it is enjoyable for people who like that style of game. Definitely. So my question is what's happening to the fire emblem characters in their world when this is going on? Well, they don't. Uh, so I haven't beaten the game. So I'll preface that because the game is like an 80 hour game. I made it a little under oh, halfway wow. through so far. Um, <clears throat> Cause I had a limited time. I had to get the review out for, for the, you know, embargo and get it up for release. Um, so I'm still working through it. All I can say is the Fire Emblem characters don't know what happened to them, and they do not retain their memories either. So they just know they don't belong in the world that they're in now, and that's all. I, something is probably revealed at the end, maybe. I don't know. But the one thing I will point out is it's weird because they don't look like themselves. So like you have familiar Fire Emblem characters like Krom and stuff like that, but they're in these kink-fest uh, bondage-type outfits for whatever reason. Because hmm. anime. I, I guess I guess now it's I know a weird. I know why Donnie loves this game exactly <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say the one major thing for me with this game though is it it left me wanting more of the Fire Emblem characters and less of the actual characters in the game, and I think it's because those characters didn't seem to be that memorable for me. But I could identify and recognize the Fire Emblem characters, so that really is what grabbed me. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't quite enough of that. They didn't fill in their stories enough in the, in the amount of time that I played. Uh, the other thing I wish, too, is that you could actually switch the characters. So the Fire Emblem characters, as I said, they work more like a weapon. So you have this character and he has this guy. And like he, he's linked to Krom and Krom uses all swords. <clears throat> so you unlock different abilities by leveling up Krom with those swords. I wish you could actually swap out characters and maybe put in a different Fire Emblem character with that person to le- learn new abilities. Almost like equipping a different weapon. The game does not let you do that. Whoever that person is bonded to, that's just who they're stuck with. So it just overall left me wanting more Fire Emblem, which really says I just want a Fire Emblem Persona type game where you're just those characters instead. Mm. So not a not a traditional Fire Emblem game, but do it in this style. I would genuinely love it, I think. We call that the Starlink effect. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, hey, I want I want Starlink, but I want it just Star Fox. Exactly. I don't care about this other stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. Um but yeah, so check it out if you're into those kinds of things. It's definitely a, a well-done game and, and a good call on Nintendo to uh, move forward and port this over to the Switch because I think there's probably a lot of people who didn't play it the first time around that maybe now will give it a shot. Much like I, might, I might give it a shot, actually. Get it at the library. Exactly. That, yeah. That's what that means. It doesn't yep. mean I'm going to buy it. <laughs> exactly. So that's <laughs> enough from us, guys. That's everything we've been playing. So sorry it went on a little long, but we had a lot of catching up to do. So it's time to move on to the messages. Message for you, sir. First one comes in from Dat Ninja Dev over on the Discord. He asks, guys, what would it take for you to buy the console you are least likely to get next gen? So, Lucas, that's any console for you. 
Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, what if they're all the least likely? Uh, I mean, win the lottery? No. Uh, I guess it would just have to have an impressive uh, exclusive opening lineup, you know? There's got to be some reason for me to to pick that up. But the problem is they're going up against things like, well, I have PC Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So if I pick up Xbox and get the ultimate, then it's all cohesive, you know? So it's very unlikely. So to yeah. to to put any brain cycles into that kind of thinking at all would be would be a waste because I've never been a multi console person ever right. that I can think of. So uh it's not going to happen now at my poorest. Fair enough. Um so for me I think and it's still early on, but I think what Dev's trying to get at is like so I think right now if I if I were to pull the trigger on a next gen console for me it would be the Xbox, but so the, so for this question be the PS5, what would make me want to buy that one? I think the biggest thing for me that PlayStation needs, their exclusives, I love, honestly, I love their exclusives more than I love Xbox's exclusives. It's just Game Pass and game sharing makes Xbox more appealing for me. So I think if PlayStation were to, this time around, do something similar or use PS Now, much like a Game Pass type thing, I would be much more likely to pull the trigger on there. And who knows, they might, because they've been really close-lipped about what's going on and Heck, by the time this airs, we might have more news, according to some of the rumors that are flying around. Um, but for me, that would be what would get me to buy a PS5, which I think right now is the least likely. Um, so, Seth, are, is the PS5 would be the one you're going to? Because I know you've gone back and forth in your lifetime. Are you thinking Xbox this time around? Um, I don't know. Uh, we need to learn more about both. Um, mm-hmm. mo- most likely, it'll be the PS5. Um, part of my decision, I, I mean, I... I've talked about it before on here and on PSXP when I was on there, but you know, I game weekly with a friend who lives a couple hours away and we both have PS4s and he actually moved over from, he had a 360 and he moved over to, to PS4 um, because I, I already had it. So, hmm. and we play destiny and now apex and looking forward to that Avengers game. Maybe if it ever comes out <laughs> um, and uh, so some of it really depends on when, you know, what he's looking at, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to jump over to Xbox if he's going to do PS five, sure. um, because really he's the, he's the only, that's the only person I game with online consistently. Um, so that'll be part of it. Um, as far as looking at Xbox, taking that out of the equation, looking at Xbox versus PS five, um, when the last systems launched, I wasn't interested in racing games. Mm-hmm. Today, I am. Um, I'm really, there's been a lot of rumors that PS5 could launch with Gran Turismo 7. And um, and I've, the only Gran Turismo game I've ever played is Gran Turismo Sport. Um, so I've never played a mainline game. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm, so if PS5 launches or in that launch window is coming up with Gran Turismo 7, that'll be a big selling point. I fully expect that Xbox, whatever that thing is called, <laughs> the Dark Tower of Doom, um, <laughs> is going to launch with Forza 7 or 8 or whatever. Who knows this Whatever point. it is. Um, and I know that Forza, that, that all the games in their first year or two are going to also be playable on Xbox One systems. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But but really, Forza versus Gran Turismo and how those games look, that could be a big selling factor for me. Um, the other selling factor, obviously, is Game Pass. 
Um, if Sony comes out and has says PlayStation Now improves it enough so that it's at least comparable to Game Pass, I don't necessarily need Ghost of Tsushima on day one on PlayStation right. Now. But if they say Ghost of Tsushima and all PlayStation first party games are on PlayStation Now six months after release, nine months after release, so j- just said one year after release, whatever. Um, that's how. Um, what's the Marvel? comics marvel unlimited yeah um new comics are in marvel unlimited six months later um and i'm not i don't always subscribe to that but that that's something that's attractive i don't have to um you know you're not missing it that's a big value-added proposition certainly more value-added than throwing god of war on playstation now for three months a year and a half after it's been released so so i'd like to see um so so Xbox Game Pass, if Forza looks awesome and Gran Turismo is non-existent, um, one of the selling points for PlayStation is going away because MLB the show is going to be mm-hmm. multi-platform. Um, so, and that was one thing. I mean, that's a game that I play. I don't play it every year, but I play it at least once a generation. And it's a, and it's a reason. It is a reason to own a PlayStation. Um so really, I mean, I've got a lot of reasons to own, uh, to look at Xbox, um, and also price. If Xbox Series X is five hundred dollars, if something's five hundred dollars, I'm not getting it on day one, <laughs> right? Anyway. So, um, you know, but if there's a couple hundred or a hundred dollar difference between the two, it'll be easier to look at Xbox, especially sure. combined with Game Pass. So, yeah, really, the X it has the pieces there. It just um it'll be i don't know we just need to know more information agree that's all okay um so the next two questions we got kind of lumped together because they're similar and kind of on the same attributes here so donnie and josh i'm gonna combine them so dosh or johnny do you think any or all of these games that are being delayed can be attributed to 2019's focus on crunch meaning we don't want to have developers crunch to get a game on time in any way or just to get closer to next gen and josh asked do we think that these delays would hurt the games more because of how close they will be to the new console launches so kind of what are what do we think is the reasoning behind the delays is it to get away from crunch is it to get closer to next gen and do we think it would hurt them by releasing closer to next gen lucas you're muted or something i can't hear you i was turned down (laughs) sorry about that uh I would hope that the focus is on crunch and, you know, trying to get away from that. I mean, everybody would, I suppose. Uh, But I don't know if it really helps them to get closer to next gen anyway, because it makes me feel like they've already planned on being, you know, on that platform or multi-generational or whatever. I mean... I think it would hurt them to do that. You want to get your, I, I feel like you'd want to get your game in before people start saving for the next generation of consoles. Cause then you're really, you know, cutting down the, the games that you're going to end up buying before mm. you say, okay, I'm done time to put squirrel on my money away. Um, so to me to push it out is kind of a, a risky thing to do. Uh, and I would hope that also not just crunch, but polish, you know, hopefully it's because they're not ready. And in case, in the case of some of these games, I feel like that might be the case, you know? Um, so to me, I don't think it's going to hurt the games unless they do get too close, 
yeah, must I, I think some games might have a like uh I think they might not do as well on their first day purchases, you know, their yeah. first month or whatever. But for the most part, a lot of these games that have been delayed, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. I think it's just a matter of when you're gonna buy it, not if. So yeah, I mean, well, we can kind of tease it ahead of time, really, because it's not anybody listening now. It's been a few days anyway, so we know Marvel's Avengers got delayed. I think it happened last week. Uh, today, as we're recording it, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII remake. I think something else did too, didn't it? It was something else. I think. I feel like it was something for the Switch. Maybe I don't know. Oh, no, I was joking. The Animal Crossing got delayed, but that didn't happen. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, and in the case of Cyberpunk, I can completely believe that it's polished. Yeah. You know, right? Very exactly. Responsible company. So. Yeah. So, uh, CD Projekt Red, I think, is doing it for the right reasons. But I, I wouldn't be. Some. I'm a little opposite you here, Lucas. So I, I think y- it would do damage getting closer to the console launches, as Josh kind of hinted towards. But I think a lot of them think that, hey, Final Fantasy VII, it's going to sell no matter what. It doesn't matter what console is there. Yeah. But you're right. At some point, if somebody's picking up a new console at potentially at these four, five, six hundred dollar price ranges, we're looking at how many games could you possibly buy at launch at for retail too? Like you're not going to buy, you know, four or five games at launch unless you get some sort of deal. Which why would they give you a deal when it's you know a new console launch? So, <laughs> it, it, I think maybe they just so cocky arrogant about it that they're like well it doesn't matter when we release it because games like final fantasy 7 like cyberpunk but i think cd project red honestly just says hey we're not happy with this let's move it back that's i firmly believe that one there but hopefully i can see square marvel enix right marvel hopefully they're fine-tuning too <laughs> marvel should be should be fine-tuning based on everything i've seen i really want to see more polish than that anyway final mm-hmm. fantasy 7 i don't know man because i how could that game possibly look any better from everything we've seen the demos no. out there not out there for yeah. the public but people have gotten it and it's you know, it's like, how much more could you possibly do when you're only releasing a, a, a third or a fourth of the game? We don't even know at this point at, at launch. Like, you're not getting a whole game anyway. So how how long could it possibly take? And it makes me very scared. And anybody that's a Final Fantasy VII fan should be very concerned with, okay, once you get your hands on this, how long until the other ones when it's been this long for just this part? Nope. Final sure. Fantasy VII, at least, uh, it's only delayed by one month, and it's still coming out in April. Um which I think is plenty early enough ahead of the next gen <clears throat> where um, the other two games, uh, Marvel and um, Marvel and cyberpunk are coming out in September, which is two months maybe from next gen launch. Um, I know for me, by the time it gets to September, if, if I'm at all entertaining next gen, my, my birthday's in September. Um, so I'll, I generally just get a little bit of birthday money or whatever. I'm sure that if I'm at all going into next gen launch, I'm not going to buy Avengers on day one. Right. You know, that's, that's all, you know, at this point Avengers, which is a game I'm excited about and a game, um, you know, the original pitch of it being Avengers with kind of like a destiny multiplayer kind of vibe where you go and you play Avengers with your friends I mean that was going to be Mark and I's next big game, and sure. now it's it's pushed back to September to that window where I I'm not going to want to spend fifty dollars on a new game. Yeah, I so so to um, recap here too. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Seth. Just so we can be informative here. So Last of Us Two was delayed. That was the other one, February to May, yeah. end of May. So Final Fantasy was delayed. Yeah, like you said, one month. 
Avengers delayed till September 4th, was originally supposed to be May 15th. Uh, Animal Crossing was delayed already to March, so that's already been done. Ubisoft's entire catalog has been delayed. So Watch Dogs, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Skull and Bones, like all those got delayed. Doom was another one that got delayed. Um, And I think that's it that we know of. So, yeah, I mean, all these handful of games all have gotten pushed back. Um, and, and some of them, like the, the Last of Us delay was like they announced a launch date and then a week later they delayed it by four, three months. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't, and, and I'm not the business person and, and not involved in, in games and development and whatever. And whatever the quote is about <clears throat> a delayed game is disappointing for a little while. A bad game is disappointing forever. Yep. or whatever um you know for the avengers thing if this delay for the avengers makes it a good game makes it like destiny and not like anthem then yeah. <laughs> then great um uh and anthem <laughs> what a every every one of you you kevin i don't know if, if you as much but um everyone who played that you all played it on xbox and talked about how much fun you had on it Played it for 10 hours or less. Yep. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Not a good um, But yeah, I, th- I think EA almost has to, not EA, but well, EA is publishing, but Crystal Dynamics, they have to nail this Marvel game. I think there's a lot, yeah. I think, riding on this for, especially considering the way EA has had mismanaged like the Star Wars license up until Jedi Fallen Order. I think they need to have another win like Jedi Fallen Order for Avengers. Now Jedi still had its issues, some some jank there here and there, but overall it was a good game. Right. So they need something like that for sure. Um, so last question coming in from Nathan, because we always have to have something unrelated. Which <laughs> accent is your favorite, Lucas? See, the question really is in what context to replicate to oh. on a woman, um, <laughs> you know. In any case, the answer will always be Irish. Oh, a bit Ooh. of the old Irish. <laughs> very probably um, making some Irish people very upset with my leprechaun. <laughs> it's okay. We're not that big in Ireland. Our downloads aren't that high. So <laughs> That's true. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's, if I stop doing my Irish accent. That's, that's fair. So, Seth, what accent does it for you, sir? So, I'm not a big accent person. I don't really... Um don't really care though uh, i've been listening to some audiobooks recently um like over christmas we um found out that we had accidentally been subscribing to audible for six months nice you have uh, all those credits built up so we had all those credits built up and so we got some audiobooks and uh one of the books that uh that i got was how to build a car by adrian newey who's the designer one of the premier formula one um, car designers ever. He designed many multiple championship cars. He's at Red Bull right now. <clears throat> and the he's British. The narrator was British. And I really like, like I can li- listen to that British, uh, you know, British person read a book. So I like, so if I'm listening to that, I, I like that. Now, as far as an accent that I like to try and I, I won't say replicate, but if I'm reading a book to my kids, because I've got, my kids are still, I have a three-year-old, so that, you know, obviously you guys have three-year-olds too, I think. I don't know. Close um, enough. <clears throat> young enough to read to. So have you guys read the Skippy John Jones books? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Skippy John Jones, he's a Siamese cat who thinks he's a chihuahua, mm-hmm. and he speaks in a 
uh, Spanish accent when he looks in the mirror and yep. and says in his muy muy soft voice. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm not going to do the accent because I don't want to offend anybody. Um, but I uh. do the accent uh, for my children. I don't know if they like it or not, but <laughs> but I like it. So that is my favorite accent to attempt to. Do you, is it like Buzz Lightyear when he's in uh, love mode or Spanish mode? <laughs> or whatever? Is that the, kind of what you're going? Oh for? no, 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 no! So I got it. I might need. I think we have a Skippy John Jones book here. I could go and get it. I think that um, should be a that should be a Patreon Kevin, exclusive thing where you read Skippy John Jones in the accent. So so I'll be so I'll be right back, Kevin. Okay. You talk about your your accent. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so for me, I kind of I do like the Irish one. I didn't even think of that at first. So kudos to you for jumping on that one there. It's yeah. it's it's a good one. And it's funny because there's a lot of uh, musicians I listen to that have that accent. But when they sing, it just goes away. And I find that very weird. So when you hear them talk, you're like, wait, what? You know, that is very weird. Yes. Um. So for me, I think I think probably my favorite accent is actually the French accent when it's not overdone in a cartoony way. Like when it's just a natural French <laughs> accent. Yeah. Oh, monsieur. <laughs> Zut alors. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. But like it not, is- rat- not ratatouille French, but just regular right. French. I enjoy. So, all right. Seth is back, ready to all Skippy right. John Jones it up. So, here so, we go. Sorry, Callow, in advance, because you're going to offend Callow. <laughs> Call that right now. So, He's this is uh, Skippy John Jones, Cirque de Olé, which we have from the uh, from the library right now. Nice. So... So, um, so he's, uh, he's going to go into the circus and then he eats a, uh, he eats a fly. Um, holy snackito, exclaimed the kitty boy, love them crunchies. Then he looked into the mirror and using his very best Spanish accent, he said, if I have but one life to leave, muchacho, let me leave it as a chihuahua. <laughs> oh my God. It's like the Taco Bell chihuahua. It is. So that is my... Favorite uh, accent to read as I'm performing for my children. My wife just left the room, so <laughs> she likes it clearly. And I and clearly. I'm apologizing to all of our Latin American yes, listeners yeah, out there. We apologize. It is not. I, I don't know. No, yeah, I I totally get what you're doing because like oh. if you were if you were reading the book even just alone in your head, you would be doing that in your head. Yeah, probably much better than than it's you were doing out loud. But yeah, that's, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah, if I just read that in my regular voice, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be as fun to read those books. Right. Those exactly. Books like I can't be fun and and goofy and. Exactly. I can't even read like Harry Potter and use my Rhode Island accent and project that on them because that would be horrible. Like, <laughs> hello, I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. It's like if I had the Rhode Island accent, I'd be like, forget it. <laughs> hey, you know how are you doing, Harry? You know, hey. hey, Ron. What's up, Ron? You know, it doesn't. It's it doesn't so work that wicked way. Wicked awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza. Um, all right, we we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We got news to talk about, guys. It's been oh. a week, so there's stuff to talk about. It's time for the news. One week since you looked at me. See, Seth jumps right in with the musical things that Lucas Just and I made you do. say okay. underwear. That's two different songs. I'm jumping from If I had a million dollars. Wait, wasn't it supposed to be Smash Mouth this whole time? Yeah, I know. No, you just turned it into bare naked ladies. Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite news outlet on the Citadel. I, I expect Lucas to sing, sing Smash Mouth at the end of this episode. The way this there is going go. right now. Oh, All right. Um. So something happened today, guys, in the news. 
and Nintendo released their highly anticipated Nintendo Direct we've all been waiting for because the first one in January was the indie one and mm. we all waiting for a great big awesome Nintendo Direct and we got a 35 minute one. Oh, it was all about Smash Brothers. Yeah. Mm. At six in the morning, by the way. Well, for... only if you're on the West Coast. Well, yeah. Well, nine in the morning, real, real people time. That's true. Which meant we were all at work. But yeah, so new <laughs> character in Smash dropping uh, Bl- Byleth. I guess that's how you say it. Byleth um, from Beautiful Fire man. Emblem Three Houses. So much to the internet trolls. Very, very angry that yet another Fire Emblem character is being added in there, which makes Fire Emblem the second most represented uh, franchise in the game now, I think, behind Mario or Pokemon. I'm not even sure, but yeah, so that's a thing. Uh, also being released is a bunch a, of uh, Mii Fighter costumes. Uh, these are always fun to see, but not very practical, I think, really to use. But you get um, Assassin's Creed. Uh the rabbits hat, so the Rayman raving rabbits, so the rabbits hat, uh, Mega Man skin, which is weird because Mega Man's in the game, but okay. Uh, then a Mega Man Battle Network skin, which I like that one because that's well, a, that's an OG. This other one's Mega Man X, I believe. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> Come on, Kevin. Now that I'm seeing it, you're <laughs> totally right. Uh, and then the most authentic one, I guess I would say, awesome. actually transforms the whole character is Cuphead. Mm-hmm. being added so not a character is cuphead but cuphead skin for the me blaster but no character. no mug bro or whatever his name is Mugman, Mugman, mug bro, mug bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the new costumes will be available at the end of the month for 75 cents a piece so if you're still playing smash uh those aren't too expensive but you can get snag up the ones just that you want uh, blythe is part of the the fighter pass um and they did announce sakurai announced at the end uh, that they'll be adding six new DLC characters to Smash this year. So it'll be another Fighter Pass. So which the internet is joking that's going to be another six Fire Emblem characters. Who hated, <laughs> like nobody, I, and I I mean, I'm not one to talk about Smash Smash Brothers or whatever. Um, I enjoyed it, but it's it's not for me. But it seems like nobody enjoyed this Fighter Pass. Uh, it's, they, yeah. like, if you liked if you liked any of them, you liked one character. You liked getting Banjo and Kazooie. That's that's um, what it was for me. So like, I traded in the game uh, as they started announcing the Fire Pass, just because I, I wasn't playing it enough and I had a good value. So I'm like, well, might as yeah. well. Um, but you're right. Like me, even as an outsider, I'm like, wow, Banjo would be the only one I'd really be jazzed to try. I think for the most part. And it's funny because that's kind of what everyone's been saying. It's like, wow, there's really been no character to make me want to pull the trigger and buy the whole pass i mean lucas and i were talking about in the pre-show before you hopped on seth and we're like you look at jason who is probably the biggest smash player i think in our in our little community but he represents what most people do is like you have one two or three different players you you, uh, fighters you use and you don't really deviate from those so the fighter pass might be fun to try but it's really hard to connect to some of these characters and really make them a normal thing to sit there and say i want to buy a pass and get six of these characters Especially when you don't know who they are, and then they come out and it's kind of not what you were expecting, perhaps. But yeah. you're right; it's. It, I think everyone kind of has turned on a little bit. You know, it is what it is. Lucas, what you got for some news there, brother? Yeah. So you remember how everyone was mad about the Epic Store, Epic Game Store? Uh, I, I believe I heard something where they were, why, "Why can't I get it on Steam or something?" Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna boycott it. Oh, yeah. They're taking all of our games and making them exclusives to their store. Rah, 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 rah. Well, guess what? Gamers spent $680 million there. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. So of that $680, $680 million, 
215 million of it went towards the third-party PC games, likely due to Fortnite's exclusivity on PC within the Epic Store. So I guess, you know, out of the ones that they brought into as an exclusive, meaning non-Epic games, only yeah, which... 215 million of that. So it's actually not as impressive as it seems at first. Because that means, yeah. what, four hundred, basically $450 million went to Fortnite, buying Fortnite stuff? Yeah, well, I and mean, that, honestly, Epic Games. Honestly, I thought it would be higher. Like, I thought you were going to kind of go around and say, you know, it, almost all of it was due to Fortnite. When you look at the months and months that went by where they were making like 100, there was a couple months I think they made 100 million just in Fortnite. Like, it's been that crazy. Now, yeah, it's kind of trickling down a little bit. Watch this number go back up because uh, I didn't put this in the news, but Ninja, my, my favorite streamer, uh, is now in game in Fortnite. He's a skin. That's 15 bucks. So, you know, people are going to go out there and buy it, but it's yeah. like, so that's going to, that's going to raise some money so, here. So Fortnite skin are, I, I haven't really played Fortnite a, a little bit. Skins, is that like the premium skin price is $15 or do they have lower tier skins? They, they do do different bundles depending on what the content is. Like the cooler ones are 15 to $20 depending on like, I think the Star Wars ones were 20 bucks at first. Okay. Um, so, I mean, they've done different ones, but they rotate in and out all the time. Like, a lot more so like i know you play more apex and apex they'll kind of be around for however long an event is when they do like those premium skins fortnite changes them every day there's a different set of like four or five skins in the shop and -hmm. sometimes they even do like a community choice so they'll post up pictures of three skins and people vote and the next day one of those skins is actually on sale um and the other two are held for another time and stuff like that so i mean they're constantly cycling in and out but between the skins uh, which the skins come with the custom axe and custom gliders and stuff like that. The battle pass is the other big seller for them. So they're yep. doing it every three, three months, four months, um, 10 bucks from almost everybody that plays Fortnite. So yep. uh, just for comparison's sake, cause I know there's people out there who are wondering, I could only find 2017, but to compare steam earned an estimated 4.3 billion in 2017. Okay. Compared to Epic 680 million. So I mean, that's not bad when you look at, one year in the epic and their library their library is not even that big either no so yeah pretty uh i mean it sounds like it's here to stay so it's not going anywhere interesting interesting and it's also good to point out too that fortnite technically made 1.8 billion in last year but that was across all platforms where Uh, your your number only factored in what was sold through the epic store so yes correct so that's pc fortnite players so anybody playing on xbox ps4 those numbers are not calculated in that 680 million so exactly cool uh i only have one other thing lucas so if you want to take another one go for it oh okay uh so my other thing before we this one might be a little bit interesting to talk about uh so somebody had posted this in our discord and i decided to look it up as well for uh, for a little chat point for us the top well this has the top 20 best-selling games of the decade Hmm. and number one is Grand Theft Auto 5, which is a little surprising, but, you know, it has that online com- uh, component that a lot it, of people are playing. And it has been released, you know, it was released last gen. It yeah, got two re-released yeah. this gen. It's released. Is it on PC now? Yes, yep. but it took um, like an extra year. Yeah, so. but it's been since 2013, so it's yep. been for sale forever. It's been on the top charts every year. And yeah, it's been on multiple true. generations. It has released at least like five times over yeah. a decade. You're right. It's the the Skyrim of GTA <laughs> games. Well, 
I'm glad you bring that up for comparison's sake. Skyrim is at 13, which it's on the list, but you know, it has been released a ton. Here's the thing. Every other game is literally a call of duty game on this list. Almost every call of duty release in that decade is on here. I think it's incredible. I mean, it really, I said it in the discord, but it really goes to show why they kept pushing for multiplayer and games that didn't really need it because it keeps these games selling past the initial, you know, single player experience or whatever. I mean, you have two battlefields and a star Wars battlefront too. So like, those are also multiplayer shooters. Like, yeah, in it, Destiny. It, well, that's true in Destiny. Oh, yeah. oh, did you look at number fourteen? Yeah, I want to play that one. I, I'm not familiar with Mortal <laughs> Kart Eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That, Mortal- that's a crossover. That's a new DLC <laughs> crossover right there. That would be awesome. Can we get some Mortal Kombat characters in Smash Brothers? You have finishers in uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> that too. Uh, Minecraft at number ten. The one thing I want to point out, though, Lucas, in this article, if you scroll down, it has last decade as oh, well. I just saw that. Yeah, uh, well, Grand Theft Auto Five spans two decades. <laughs> it was nineteen in the last decade before. No, oh my gosh, what? Yep. Huh. Yeah, two thousand. Oh, maybe for the original Xbox or Grand Theft Auto Five didn't come. What is it? Oh, Grand Theft Auto Four, maybe? And the- Grand Theft Auto Four. Because Grand Theft Auto Five came out in two thousand thirteen. I'm ninety nine percent sure. It was a it good did. Yeah, it's got to be a typo. So that's another typo on this one that I was about to say. I'm like, man, I thought maybe it made one year out, but no, it's yeah, 2013. You silly fools. That's what you get for getting your gaming news from a comic book website. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was trying to, I usually do PT Gamer. I was trying to like mix it up. Yeah. No, uh, 2000, 2009 was uh, Coach Mo bought all of the uh, Maddens. It Mad- it's Madden, Grand Theft Auto. There's a whole multiple Grand Theft Autos and Guitar Hero Rock Bands. Yep. Yep. And we fit. <laughs> so only in the last, you know, 2010 to 2019, can we say, can we truly say that every game was just Call of Duty? I mean, or Call of Duty clone. Yeah. Yep, Battlefield, you know. Uh, yeah. It is pretty remarkable that Legend of Zelda is on this list at 19. Yep. It really is. Honestly, it really yeah. is. Uh, that, I mean, that's great. But it's it's with everything else here. For a single system game. Like everything else besides Mortal Kart, Mortal Kart 8. Mortal Kart 8. <laughs> yeah, on multiple systems, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything else is so, multiple. Yeah. Kudos. See? Nintendo yeah, ain't going anywhere. Too. I mean, they were saying that people were buying the cart. There were more cart sales of Breath of the Wild than there were console sales. So. <laughs> it's true. I don't understand. And I still don't understand. But uh, it sold like. Those cakes that are so so hot. Nice. Of course, that's uh, assuming we can trust this list. That's true. Comicbook.com. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you get your information? Google from a comic book called <laughs> Google. Um. So since we like to talk about esports and, and professional gamers, if you will, um. So you know how people pay taxes just overall in general. Yeah. Usually, you buy. Yeah. There's a tax. Well, esports players apparently didn't know that very well so a, a lot of them are now being audited uh by the irs um due to just them treating their earnings or winnings in tournaments as gifts yeah pretty much like it's like i don't need to pay taxes on this um so like athletes and, and performers and stuff like that typically have been targets of of the 
you know, IRS, the government to kind of look at and audit and see, like, okay, you made X amount of dollars. Are you paying the right amount of taxes? Because some of the stuff with the multiple income streams, it can be hard to track. It's not your typical W-9 statement that we're doing, us schlubs here. Um, you know, we're just our main job and then our PSVG W-9 are all we're yeah. really, you know, filing. So yeah, exactly. W-2s, not W-9s. Um, so now people are kind of getting caught up in this whole thing where they find out they owed a ton of money because esports and professional gaming is getting to that point where it's big enough and they're raking in enough money in some instances that the government's starting to look at this. Um, but the ironic thing is the way it's kind of handled. So if you live in a state that doesn't have income tax and you compete in said state, then you're okay. But if you tra- if you live in, like let's say, Florida, which doesn't have any income tax, I don't believe, um, and then travel to New York to play in a tournament and you win – you have to pay a non-resident tax on all your winnings and earnings while performing in that area. So mm-hmm. it's been really complicated where uh, there was actually a, a Overwatch player uh, won a tournament and then tweeted out he got taxed on 55% of his grand finals earnings. Holy cow. Because it's like a, a bonus, if you will. <laughs> and since most of these players, not all, like it's starting to get a little more common law now where these teams by the owners actually pay them in like a salary so you know like every week i'm still getting i'm taking on paychecks so taxes come out of that fairly easy but these tournaments and these competitions are where they're getting into some trouble not understanding really what to do because it's going to change state by state or country by country depending on where they compete like we see stuff in japan and in europe all the time and how that's handled is going to be different each time so it's kind of this sticky web that they're all kind of trying to go through and, and trying to do is making it a little bit difficult for those esports players well, I imagine and for them, it's probably like uh, if you're self-employed, you have to – it comes out all in one lump sum, basically. They're like, you owe this much money, and they're getting all these earnings thinking, okay, I made this money. You know, It's like even if you win the lottery, you still have to pay taxes if you yeah. if you take it in a lump sum like that. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, if you're doing it as a profession, I can imagine it would be very confusing. And, I mean, if, if, you, if you're – if you're that good that you're traveling across the, the country in different states or, or different countries altogether, like how do you track that? It's not like you just set aside saying, okay, I'm going to file this and I know I have to pay X amount in taxes so I can kind of calculate roughly what I'll owe or whatnot. Like you can study tax law in all these different states you're competing in or different countries. Like that's that's rough. They're going to need like a legit – not only have an account but a, but a darn good one like to keep track of all these different things that will be happening. And they need to keep track of where they're winning and where they're earning. You know what they do? Not they pay and then get arrested. <laughs> No, they go to quickbooks.com. That's right, <laughs> quickbooks.com. Use our code PSVG Prime and get 15% off your first subscription. That's really all this was. It was not even a news story. We just made it up as a clever ad there, folks. So <laughs> uh, that's we'll uh, say, quickbooks.com um, slash PSVG. So my um, my wife stays home with our kids, but she does um, some freelance writing for for different things. And, you know, she gets paid for that. The complexity of my tax returns from when we both just had full-time jobs to now, it just just increased. Mm -hmm. I won't say exponentially, but I'm I'm always a little nervous of, okay, am I reporting the right amount of income on the right form and and doing whatever? And and, I mean, I am, I, you know, but it it just, it's an extra stress at that time. Um, But uh, I mean, it's worth it. You know, but I, I mean, couldn't, who's I couldn't imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing having to do that if she didn't just work in Ohio, but if she was more of a travel reporter and and went to Rhode Island to cover right. 
the Rhode Island corrupt politicians. Yeah. And, uh, and, and went to all these different States and had to, and we had to file taxes in all these different States. I've, I've always been lucky that I've lived and worked in the same city. Um, and haven't had to file multiple city income taxes and things like that. Yeah. So. I've done different States to pain in the butt. And then you wait for them to come through and it's like, Oh yeah. But yeah. So that's, that's all I got. Lucas, let's wrap this thing up. What's your last one. Let's talk about the games coming to game pass PC. My where my heart and soul lives. Now I'm a little. I looked at this uh, ahead of time for once, and I'm a little annoyed because they don't give you the exact dates. So if anybody knows the exact dates here and wants to look those up, cool. I would be most appreciated. Uh, but we have what, Greece, Grizz, Grice, Greece. Greece. I think it's Greece. It's, uh, it's based on a um, musical with John Travolta. <laughs> I heard and it's Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> it's the one that I want, baby. You're the one that I want. Uh, so Grease, starring John Travolta. One that I do want. anything these days. Uh, and then one I'm excited for, A Plague Tale, colon, Innocence. Emphasis on the colon. <laughs> a pretty dirty, dirty time back then. It's very true. Microsoft did not give a date. They're just saying soon. Ah, those fools. Yeah, so it's not it's not just the article. They legit didn't give the date. Darn. Uh, I will say, so it's funny because Donnie has been pondering back and forth and getting a Plague Tale. Um, yeah. So I got excited because I thought it was coming to Game Pass, which means I could play it too. And I was like, oh, oh, PC. Oh. Uh-huh. But Children of Morda, I reviewed that one. I, I yes. played it before it came out. I enjoyed it. So I, I encourage anybody who has a chance to, to play it. And that's also not going to be a system-heavy uh, type game like anybody should be able to run that if you're if you're able to to get on google you can probably run it 8-bit you know pixel art type thing uh but it's a lot of fun so yeah it looks very interesting so i mean there that's a pretty good uh lineup three yeah i, I would play play all three of those games um i'm I plan to yeah uh so i actually do the, do the pc game pass games come to xbox they sometimes. are yeah, sometimes yeah depends. Okay, but there's not a spe- there's not a strict crossover no, no not all the time uh as of right now i think i believe children of morta is on there already yep um the other two have yet to come out so correct yeah pretty exciting they're they're killing it with this thing they really are they really are all right um so that that kind of wraps up the show so before we go uh let's let people know where they can also follow us so uh seth where can people follow you in your online presence uh they can find me on twitter at seth joseph roy i'm sporadically uh active on it i don't know um they can find me on the playstation network seth is the goat and uh i'm also trolling around in the discord um emphasis on trolling sometimes (laughs) um so yeah lucas where can people find you and your online shenanigans yeah, I also like to troll around in the Discord sometimes. Uh, I I stole your hairless cat and I use it at hey, my my will. It, it is uh, the gift that continues to give. <laughs> I mean, I basically there's some new people around, so I basically have to use it because people <laughs> don't quite understand my humor. So it's it's all I can do to. I mean, what am yeah. I going to do? Not make a joke? <laughs> do you know Do you know why we use the hairless cat? Um, no, that was never symbol? explained. Well, because um, I, for some reason, I think hairless cats are funny, mm-hmm. and I used to drop gifs or gifs or whatever you call them 
of Gifts. Don't cats. don't come don't come here with that GIF nonsense. It's a Sorry gift. about that. I have um, peanut butter and jelly socks. I got those for Christmas. One of them has a GIF, <laughs> and the other one has peanut anyway. butter is GIF. Yes. Anyway, um, I would look up gifts of uh, hairless cats and put them on there. And um, one and it was back at the time where it was just a whatever the code was. It just popped up a random GIF based on what you put in there. Okay. And there were some pretty lewd hairless cat gifts. Ooh. If you want to Google those, um, definitely will later. <laughs> so, so after the uh, after the hairless cat gif incident of 2017, I asked Jason <laughs> to make a an icon of a hairless cat. Nice, so, nice, so and he does uh, that for all of us. Poor Jason. Does. He's like, Jason, make this into a thing. Photoshop it. That's, make Dr. Disrespect an emoji. That's why he doesn't do podcasts anymore. He <laughs> he's just many, making emojis. <laughs> too many emojis. He's at one of those drafting tables, like <laughs> doing it by hand. Guys, I can't do I can't do this all the time. I can't podcast. Sorry, I gotta <laughs> off 15 more emojis. Um, I'm also uh, uh, at heavy metal underscore riff on Twitter if 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 you want to tag me into some post that I know nothing about what's going on here. Why am I tagged in this? That's usually what happens. It's true. I do it all the time. I also want to say, if you don't listen to this podcast, you might as well be walking on the sun. There. I figured I'd fit it in right there. There you go. Um, I encourage you all to check out the website, psvg.blog, for all the things that PSVG does overall, all the podcasts, everything, all the links are there. Uh, Hop in the Discord. Come join us. It's always a rousing conversation with all different types of comments which now we talk about what caro collects and it's its own room so just oh to, just that gave me so much pleasure to mute that room <laughs> oh man I, I went in and i said is this where i go to throw up <laughs> <laughs> but it's there i mean for I, i'm fine for it being being there that you know I, yeah. i'm glad that we can accommodate that yeah, but, man, everyone uh, it's a collector's room and we do we do yeah, have yeah. a passionate group of people who yeah. collect things so that's, it's all that's, that's it's great, all good but... <laughs> but yeah not for me um you can uh follow me at psvg kevin on twitter and actually on all of the different things all the game consoles all the epic stores and steams and all that fun stuff uh, and i also encourage you to check out gamesreviews.com when you can uh, i've been reviewing things left and right over the last two weeks uh next one coming up is dragon ball z kakarot I will be reviewing that one for them as well. So I'll be happy to talk to you about that. But most importantly, as always, we ask everybody that you never Seth, Seth missed the cue. What? Just oh, you read it. You wrong. <laughs> no. Somebody once told me the world <laughs> is is gonna roll me. I'm not That's... the tar- sharpest tool in the shed. That, well, <laughs> yeah, just don't don't stop gaming, everybody. Just keep keep going. Bye. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.